I missed the rehearsal, so I didn't know I was supposed to have a moral. <laughs> so I'm just going to tell you a little bit about me. Um, I was going to talk about how I got to be an Alaskan. I was born and raised in L.A., came up here in 65 to get to know my father, who had divorced my mother when I was just a year old. And uh, it was quite an awakening. I'll just draw a few contrasts for you. Uh, in L.A., we had smog. In Fairbanks, you had ice fog. <laughs> in L.A., you had three major networks and lots of TV. In Fairbanks, we had one TV station that was on whenever it worked. <laughs> uh, it was just unbelievable. I couldn't even complain about it because it was all so stark and so new. So my husband, my one-year-old son, and I came up March 1965, and I waited until March because I thought it would be springtime. <laughs> and I didn't have any appropriate clothing. I had a white crushed leather, quotes, faux vinyl coat. <laughs> and by the time winter was over, my coat broke. Every place <laughs> I bent, sat down, tried to button it or tie the waist, it just broke. And so by summer, I had these flutters they were only stuck to the coat because they were at the seams. Those in my patent leather high heel go-go boots just <laughs> did not work in Fairbanks, Alaska. So, <laughs> 1965 summer was great. Uh, I had a baby in November. I'd been to the doctor that day and uh, I said, I'm feeling something. He said, oh no, you got two more weeks. So I went home and two hours later, I was in labor. My water broke. Found my husband, take me to the hospital. I outweighed him at that time. He couldn't get me up in the truck. So we had to call a cab. And all the way to the hospital, I'm groaning. My feet are hanging out the door or the window. And the cab driver kept stopping. I said, keep going. He said, you're screaming. I said, I'm having a baby. <laughs> and so we finally made it to the hospital. Frank couldn't get me out because I was laying across him. My father comes up. He'd heard I was on the way to the hospital. Picks me, my coat, up with the baby in my coat. Lays me on the floor of St. Joseph's Hospital. I don't think they had an emergency department. It was just the reception area. <laughs> and my doctor, Dr. Rebar, happened to be coming out putting on his gloves. And he said, why, Eleanor, what are you doing here? I said, I'm having this baby I'm supposed to have in two weeks. <laughs> so... They took me upstairs, took care of the baby, had me in a room with a crazy lady who <laughs> kept reaching across saying, don't let them send me home to Eldred. I did not make this name up, I remember it. I said, who's Eldred? He's my husband. He wouldn't bring me to the hospital because he was hanging sheetrock. He kept saying, just hold up this last panel. I'll nail it up, and when I'm done, we can go to the hospital. She was hysterical. So, I called in the nurse, who kind of looked like Nurse Ratched. She couldn't calm this lady, so she put her in restraints, and they put me in a bed out in the hallway, which I was glad. So it was a very active night. I watched lots of things. So in the morning, my doctor came by and said, uh, how you doing? I said, I'm ready to go. So he released me, went home. My dad was at the house with my son, spraying his diaper because it was kind of stinky and loaded. And with Lysol. So <laughs> I changed him, went to the laundromat, and just kept on with my life. So that was 1965 in November. 
December was our first Christmas. I'd had dreams of a white Christmas my whole life. Never seen snow before. So we didn't know where to get a Christmas tree because, you know, the Fairbanks black spruce are not real pretty. And they weren't selling them in the store. So we took ladders, my father's scaffolding, climbed up to the top of this tree, whacked off about six feet, brought it in the house. I strung popcorn. I made construction paper loops, put them on the tree. I had made myself a new robe, my husband and my son, little smoking jacket kind of things, took our picture. Oh, and I had the, the one-month-old baby. And we made hot chocolate, went to bed, got up the next morning, and all the needles had fallen off the tree, every <laughs> single one of them. <laughs> so I had this Charlie Brown wire hanger looking Christmas tree. We just kind of scooped the needles up for a few more days for the aroma, then we got rid of Christmas. So 1966 was pretty uneventful. 67 was pretty much the same until August. That's quick. We had a flood. I was stuck in an apartment with 14 other people for a couple of weeks. Most of them didn't know or like each other. When the water went down, we hopped in our little hoopty chivy truck, found another place to live, which was a log building in downtown Fairbanks, mucked it out, laid down floor, went to army surplus and got a stove and a refrigerator. We had no sink. I was washing dishes one night in the shower in the bathroom, looked over, and there was this giant mushroom growing on the wall. It scared me to death. <laughs> so I ran down to Safeway in my bunny boots and coat, got a paper, found an apartment, and we moved the next day. And we had a very uneventful life for the last eight, nine months I was in Fairbanks. My husband finished school in April, got a job offer from IBM, and here we're driving down the road. I felt like the Clampets coming to Beverly Hills. <laughs> We had a ratty old Rambler, which we had thought was a dry car. What the dealers in Fairbanks did was took all the cars to Anchorage, cleaned them up, brought them back to Fairbanks, and sold them to us. So <laughs> my first day in Anchorage, I dropped my husband at the truck stop, had a shower and a shave, took him to IBM. I found Spinard Kitty Drop, dropped my kids there. And by noon, I had a place for us at the Anchorage Inn at 8th and 9th and D. And that's how I became an Alaskan. <laughs>